You're about to listen to youth-produced content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin Cities social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. Learn more at www.listenupyouthradio.org. This episode originally aired in January 2019. Hi, welcome to First Gen. My name's Ijoma. And I'm Chino. This is a show about political and social issues and everything in between. Hi everyone, welcome to First Gen. I'm Chino. And I'm Ijoma. And, and welcome to the first show of 2019. Yep. Today we're going to be talking about um, learning about your own battles in terms of knowing exactly what you're doing with your life and what you're advocating for and knowing everything to the full extent to make sure that you are advocating what you want to advocate for. Yeah, I feel like we're in a time in history right now where there's a lot of things that need to be, I mean, it's been like this for a long time, but there's a lot of things that need to be changed and there's a lot of groups and organizations um, that are at the front lines changing them. So like, what do you do when you want to get involved but you might not know the whole picture? Right, so I think like the main cause of like the reason why we wanted to talk about this in the first place is because we know a lot of people who think that advocating for something is just like uh, getting on board with someone, with someone else and what they believe in. And they hear one side of the story from someone else and they think, oh, I, of course I should support this or of course I should not support this. Whereas in reality, advocating for what you truly believe in is ensuring that you're researching everything about this topic, knowing everything that can be done, how it is done, uh, to make sure that you are advocating for this subject to the best of your abilities. But not only that, um, also making sure that you are not only following other people, but you're also following your own morals and making sure that the issues that you're advocating for line up with your own morals and your own beliefs. And if someone tries to come for you for what you believe in, you know the correct responses um, to back up your responses with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of times where like, I feel pretty certain about my beliefs mm-hmm. and you know someone will start asking me about it and they're like oh, okay so why do you feel that way and I'll say well I mean it's obvious and they'd be like well why and like <laughs> at that point when you're like ooh, I don't really know how to like <laughs> say why I think this is correct so like which is really important because you know I think and it doesn't really matter you know where you stand on the political spectrum or what your beliefs are, I feel like, especially with social media these days, it's so easy to read something and right. believe it. And it's it's really important to take that initiative to step back and say, is what I'm reading factual? Did this actually happen? If so, like, do your background research. Not only that, like, not only knowing about, like, social issues in general, like, not only knowing about, you know, gun control or, you know, some other, like, very mainstream issue, but also knowing what needs to be done Mm -hmm. government-wise in order to change that. Like, knowing how the government system works and knowing exactly, like, what steps you need to take in order to make sure that the issues you care about are being taken care of by your legislators Mm -hmm. and by your government is something that's so important. Because otherwise, if you're just advocating for something and don't know anything about government or don't know anything about, like, your legislator, like, what their role is in your life or in that issue, then there really is no point of you being part of an action if you don't know what the action should be directed towards. Yeah, or, like, I know it's been in the news a lot recently about, you know, how, like, 
supposedly there's Russian bots that are, you know, going online and they're writing up fake things or they like, I don't know, using social media as a platform to like spread misinformation. And manipulate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just know that's been in like the headlines all the time. But I mean, I mean, again, whether or not that's true, it's just super important to like look at the information you're being told. I think we talked about this a lot like last year, like beginning of last year when it comes to like echo chambers and stuff like that. Oh, right. And I think that like personally, I don't use social media like I used to. I honestly don't enjoy it very much, which I think was a really good idea to step back for just a little bit because right. I'm not being fed, even if it's things I believe in, like I'm not being fed that 24 mm-hmm. seven. And you know, I'm like, I, I, it's like forcing me to go out of my own way to educate myself, like what is going on in the world. So I definitely say so, like, um, especially like once the school year started becoming like really busy and like we started getting really busy with like high school debate, like I really like zoned out of the social media part of my life. So I have no idea like what is yeah. really going on. I find out like a day or like a day or two later and then I have to like force myself to like put time aside to actually read into it instead of just like, uh, you know, going on my discover feed on Instagram and being fed things that I know I will agree with. Mm-hmm. Or it's kind of too, like, you know, when you're, like, talking with your friends and you've kind of unplugged a little bit from, like, social media, whether it's, you know, busy or taking care of yourself or whatever it is, and then you hear something, you're like, whoa, did that actually happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that's really interesting how, like, information spreads and, like, you know, in sociology, we're talking about, like, mass hysteria and, like, it, that can be even on the smallest levels of just, like, believing something to be true and having it spread on such a massive scale. That's true. Which, you know, doesn't help that the politics right now, it's like, I guess it's okay to lie. (laughs) And a lot of people will believe it. Ooh, we should talk about, yeah, no, a lot of people would believe it. Yeah. Um, But also, like, I think one of the bigger points of this, or like, like, main importance of this entire conversation is like, people think that like you know once you like look into things and like once you read things you become more moderate which is just like not Not true true. like if your morals align if you believe your morals with great passion and you believe something to be true if you go out of your way to make sure that you know what Mm -hmm. you're doing is correct and knowing the correct response to it you i am just as left as that as i was prior to like knowing how to do research and knowing how to like take time out of my day to know what i'm talking about yeah no i think yeah that's really important because there are a lot of, yeah, I think people sometimes associate that with that. But I feel like my views still stand. And I'm glad I took the time to make sure that what I'm saying is somewhat factual. Okay. And, and you know, there have been instances, too, where, like, I don't even know what it was. But I would just say something to my mom. She'd be like, no, that didn't happen. I was like, what? They said that this, and it's, like, not true. Um, my views didn't change, but, like, the fact of what happened Mm -hmm. maybe wasn't exactly how it was told. And a lot of the times when I say something like, no, but, Mom, like, this actually happened, it's usually more from, like, a media that's not as left that I would just read and be like, oh, and then do more research and find out that wasn't true and that the story's been spinned in a way to make you believe that, you know, it wasn't X, Y, or Z. Right, but even if the story, like, isn't true doesn't mean you have to change your perspective like mm-hmm. if that story was true your morals still align with that story to make sure that 
you still had that mm. certain belief if that story had happened. The mm. only difference is that that story didn't happen. Your beliefs are still the same. It's just mm. you are more conscious as to like what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, I think this also aligns really perfectly with um, like getting out and like being active too. Like I feel like with the trends we saw, I know we've touched about this a little bit before, but like the trends we saw of like going out, joining protests, taking pictures and leaving, and it's like, do you even know that the protest you're at, like, do you even believe in what's being said? Right, like, do you know what your legislators are saying about this? Like, who's your legislators, like, who is your legislator? Could you answer me that? There's a big problem with, like, not understanding what you're actually doing, which then is the cause for, like, failed movements, right? Because, like, you leave that protest, a protest that you didn't even know much about, you just knew the date and the time, and where to be mm-hmm. in the slogan of that protest. Yeah. And you don't follow up after it. You assume that the problem is fixed because you attended, like, one protest. And you didn't do any direct action or any actual, like, community organizing to making sure that people have the resources they need in order for the thing that you are protesting against is resolved in the end. I think that I find it, I think it's, I, it makes me very uncomfortable when, like, you know, I hear certain friends talking about an action that's about to happen and I have no idea what it's about. I'm not going to just go. Like, right. I'm not going to just be like, oh, are you guys going to this action? Okay, let me just join along. Like, no, unless I take the time to do my research and be like, wait, what are you guys talking about? Like, this is a real problem. Like, okay, okay, let me go educate myself so that if I, you know, am still really passionate about this, that I can attend. But, like, I'm not, it's not a social activity, which I feel like, I mean, on <laughs> some levels yeah. it can be, but... It's not a hangout. Yeah, it's not necessarily always a hangout. Like, you should really be somewhere if you support what's going on. No, yeah. Like, um, in regards to, like, th- what you just said, like, it's definitely not a hangout. Like, you need to make sure that you are, like, educated in what you're talking about. Um, but not only that, I, there was something else I wanted to touch on that I, it's not coming to my head right now. But it's, like, it was having to do with the fact that, like... Um, it's oh I remember now it's not like just like a moral thing that you oh I need to be educated before I go it's also that like I don't want to be perceived as dumb if anyone asks me a question on the issue right like if someone an encounter protest comes up to me and's like oh blah 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 like what about this and that and I don't know how to respond that gives them a winning point that makes them feel like they are in the right simply because like I don't know what I'm talking about but I think it also just like makes us stronger like not even worrying about like external stuff it's just like actually knowing about you know because like they don't teach it in school so you have to do it on your own Mm -hmm. just even just taking that extra step to be like you know what i was not taught this in school so (laughs) i should you know if i have the time if i have the resources i should take that energy and put it into learning because i just think that just it, it just goes a long way like i i can't think of any negative to just knowing more but right. I can think of a lot of negatives from not knowing at all. Exactly. Like, you want to make sure... Okay, like, for example, me and this, like, group of people, right, we went to go talk... We went to the Capitol for a meeting in the summer. Um, and this is, like, one of the moments where, like, I kind of, like, regret being involved about this one issue. I'm not going to say what the issue is about because that's not necessary for the story. But, like, um, I regret attending that certain meeting at the Capitol because... I didn't educate myself enough prior to actually attending. When mm-hmm. the time came to actually talking to my legislators and actually talking to people, I wasn't really sure how to respond with what they were telling me. I wasn't sure about the process of like, or like the responsibilities of what the people I was talking to had. 
right? Like, I didn't know what they could do in order to make sure that this didn't happen or to prevent what I wanted to happen happen. So I think, like, when it comes to those times, you need to not only, like, know the responsibilities of everyone in the room, but also make sure mm. that, like, you know how the system works, right? Like, you, you can't need to fight know a system before you, like, right, this reform it. it. Yeah. You can't fight a system that you don't know how, like, that how you don't know it how it works. Because, like, then, like, what do you know to target? How do you know, like, what is the truth and what isn't? Like, mm. who has the actual power to do the change that you want to see, right? Like, yeah, there's, if you go to an action and then you find someone who can actually, like, change, or no, like, you meet someone, right? And you start accusing them of things when they don't even have the power to change what you want be changed. Like, that's a problem. Because you're, you're not going to, like, the right yeah. person that you want to, like... I think it's also really important because, like, un- like, unfortunately, like, we live in a society where connections are really important. Like, right. just, just how it works. You have to know certain people sometimes, you know. That's just kind of how it's structured. But the good thing is, though, is that if we take the time to be, like, Who's X, Y, and Z? Like, I want this change. Where do my Where does my action need to be? How do I disrupt this? Like, how do I make this change here? Do I want to sit down and talk to this person? Do I want to be in that like capital setting, or do I want to, you know, uh, do other kinds of organizing? But like, the only way to know which like steps are most effective is if, is if like we put more of like a I. We need to learn the ins and outs of everything before we attack it. I think that would also make, like, um, yeah, I just think that would just be a lot. That would be cool. And really, there's this huge, like, dilemma that a lot of young, active people are having as to whether or not they want to be community organizers or grow over that and then become, like, uh, like politicians or get involved with their government Mm -hmm. because then the whole dilemma is just, like, do I want to be part of a system that doesn't care about me? Do I want to contribute to a system that has never benefited me in the first place. And I think, like, yeah, a very valid dilemma, in fact. However, there are or there ought to be some people in the system that you have connections with if you are a community organizer so they can inform you what steps you need to take in order to combat the issues that you want to fight. Yeah. Like, like I, yeah. Yeah, like, y- you need to know things <laughs> before you actually fight them because then, like, what you're doing is not going to yeah. change anything. I think that's very, like, I think that's a very good point. And it's, a, it's a, like, a big indicator sometimes. Like, I know we have, I know so many cool people who, like, you could literally sit down with them and, like, the issues that they're really passionate about, they'll tell you the ins and outs. Like, they know exactly mm-hmm. what's going on in their community. They know exactly what um, the people in, you know, the like, the decision-making people are doing. They know, they know exactly what they're doing, too. So they're literally on every single step. And I just think that's really cool. And these are youth I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking about kids that are, like, our age, 17 yeah. years old. And I just think that's really cool. And there's a lot of people who, um, I don't know, you always say this, like, I don't even know. I'm going to say this so wrong. Like, if you talk the talk, like, do the what? What is that? Oh, if you talk the talk, walk the walk. Yeah, like, like, I just think that's so cool when, like, I can go up to someone and they would just know what's what's up. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's just a really important part of being active. And this doesn't mean that, like, you need to, you know, become a part of the system that doesn't work. It's just that the systems that a lot of youth are trying to dismantle 
were made intentionally to right. oppress. And if you don't know how that works and you don't know the ins and outs of like all these little loopholes that were created, it gets very hard to actually address the real problems. Right, like looking at historical movements that actually work successful in the end, like just bringing up like the um, the grape boycott uh, from Cesar Chavez, like they had a very organized like organization that knew everything knew the ins and outs of everything they had to combat, knew exactly who to talk to. They had lawyers that, like, were trained specifically, like, on the law that they needed to know in order to make sure their organization was successful. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think they only had, like, two lawyers or something, but, like, even that knowledge that they had, they wouldn't have been able to done anything had they not known any of the ins and outs, the people to target, what was legal and what was not. Right, like you need to know the system in order to combat it, or else you're just gonna be yelling at a wall. I think it's also important though for like your own safety too, now that I'm thinking about it, like educating yourself about where you stand in this entire like system and like even just talking about like um, laws, right? Like Mm -hmm. what kinds of laws are, like what's legal, what's not, what happens when you do X, Y, and Z, like just, I don't know, just learning about, like, I feel like they just don't teach us these things. Like, why don't I actually really know what the laws are in Minnesota? Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to go educate myself about it later, but why don't I actually know that? You know what I mean? Like, what can you do, what can you not do? It's really important because then if you, you know, for some reason were to get in trouble and you don't even know your rights, well, that could just be really (laughs) bad. Then what? Like, well, then it gives people the yeah. power to um, use power that they don't have. That's very if true. You, if you don't know what's going on. And also, there's a whole, like, thing that, like, adults have, especially politicians, the belief that young people don't know anything, and they're just doing things for clout. They're just doing things because they see it in social media, mm-hmm. because it's a trend now. When... Like, that stigma is so harmful because then they won't actually listen to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If you want people to actually take you seriously, then you need to take it just as seriously. More, actually. You probably need to know more because... Work twice as hard. I think that, yeah, like, especially, like, it doesn't, like, maybe it's your race, it's your age. Like, maybe something about you is, like, stereotypically something that people would attribute with, like, oh, they're not going to know. That's a negative stigma of knowledge. Like, that's why a lot of, like... You know, that's why a lot of people say that if you're in that position, you need to work twice as hard Mm -hmm. because, one, you have to prove to them on, like, a regular basis, that like, a regular level of, like, I don't know talking about. But even then, they still might not take you seriously. So then you have to do a whole nother level of saying, oh, but I I know more than you thought I would know. Yeah, because, like, even in situations like that, some adults don't take other adults seriously, you know? Mm -hmm. So you need to work twice as hard to be perceived as not only knowledgeable on what you're talking about but like you said become even more knowledgeable than another adult who won't even respect the other adult because yeah like we live in a society that not everyone like just honestly not everyone cares about passion not everyone cares about more morality like some people will literally only listen to numbers and some people literally only listen to statistics and at the end of the day like that's just some people's languages. They just, that's all they listen to. It's right. all they hear. Right. And so it's, you know, you just got to know all of it. You got to know the 
reason why it's right, why it's wrong. And then sometimes we even have to know, like, the above stuff. Right, like, not to plug high school debate or anything, but it really has helped us, like, tremendously with, like, this objective to making sure that you are knowledgeable in any way possible about the topic you are learning about. Like, yeah, right now we're, like, debating about, well, we're debating about economic growth and federal debt. And we wanted to write a case that was passionate, that we were passionate about. And so we decided that we would write about income inequality in this country. And just doing all this research about what it means, like the differences in income and how much that plays to your health, your well-being, uh, your children's health, is just really educated me. And I think that going that extra like level and learning about those things have just really just opened a door to something that I wouldn't have known right, like before. Last year, this, this time last year, our debate topic was on Spain and Catalonia, right? So, like, uh, should Catalonia, like, leave Spain? Or should Spain allow Catalonia to leave? Mm. That, that was the resolution. Um, and at first, originally, I was like, yeah, of course, like, every country should have, like, or, like, every... Every group of people should have their own collective right to make a decision as to whether or not they want to be part of a certain community or society. Um, Mm. But once you look into, like... The reasons behind leaving. The reasons behind uh, leaving and the reasons against leaving, you really start to look back and you're thinking, is it really worth it? Because, like, what Ijoma and I found out was that the people of Catalonia wanted to leave because they claimed that there was a generational oppression when Francisco Franco, I think it was like in the 60s or 50s, uh, was a dictator of, of Spain. Or sorry, it's probably like all, more longer than that ago. But he was a dictator of Spain. Um, and he had like a, he had like some sort of grudge against Catalonian people, uh, Catalan, uh, and like forbidden their language from being spoken uh, and like had some cultural suppression. Uh, but now in the status quo, like, I'm using debate lingo, sorry, but, like, now if you look at, like, the current, like, modern-day Spain, there has been a lot of, like, ways to institute the Catalan language back into Spain. The majority of people in Spain can speak the Catalan, Catalan language. Yeah. So, like... But it, was, it wasn't even just that. It was more of, like, a they didn't believe that they were one of the same people. So they were, like, we just don't even want to be under, like, under, like, one of the provinces in Spain anymore because... Right. You know, we just want we want our own country, and when we did we did a lot of research, and them leaving Spain would have caused like an entire global like recession. Yeah. At least in just maybe like it was really. It bad. would affect. It would have affected the euro, and by affecting the euro, it would have affected the U.S. global currency. So like at the end, like it was a lot. Like the argument most people were arguing like, in Catalonia, that it was more of, like, a nation, like, a nationalist, like, mm-hmm. argument, like, we just want our own country. And, like, at first, I, too, was like, yes, like, you know, Why this not? should happen. But, like, upon research and, like, the Catalan people are, I mean, this is obviously a generalization, but the majority of, like, like, Catal- like okay, their that province? place is concentrated with wealth. Like, that's their province? the most wealth in Spain is in Catalonia. The province, like... 19 to 20% of Spain's GDP came from Catalonia. Like, that was a statistic of that of this time last year. So, like, 
they didn't have a problem with wealth. It wasn't like a sort of like income disparity. Like there wasn't no like gap in between like the success of like the rest of Spain and Catalonia. Economically, they were fine. They were even like more well off than the rest of Spain, than the rest of the provinces. And that was also another big reason why they wanted to leave because they didn't want to keep paying taxes for the lower income people in the rest of Spain. Yeah, so like and you would and we had no idea that that was a huge motive for people saying that they wanted to keep their own money and not give it away. So it's like sometimes when you know you dig a little deeper like, "Oh, not only that. I remember everything's coming back to me now. Like if they were to leave, they would have to have leave the EU." Well, yeah. They would have yeah, they would need to leave the EU and it only takes one country for uh, to say no to block another country's entrance into the EU. That would have been France and Spain who would have said, no, we don't want this country as a part of the EU. As a result, they would have had to have, they wouldn't have any ports open because all of their ports came from the other provinces of Spain. They wouldn't have any ports. They wouldn't have any like ports of entry when it, came, when it comes to trade. So they, weren't, they wouldn't be able to trade without having really heavy tariffs on mm-hmm. their country and the things that they wanted to come, come in. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't only be bad for Spain, the EU, and, like, the global currency, but it would also really have, like, been, been bad for Catalonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, that's just, like, one example of, like, making sure that you are knowledgeable on what you want and the consequences of what happens when you actually want something. Like, you need to be able to weigh, like, the benefits and the, loss, the losses of what world you want, like, that that's something we determine the term we use in debate is like in the con world or in the pro world if something were to happen this is the consequences and the benefits and it is up to the judge to weigh which benefits are more beneficial and which benefits outweigh the losses that you see in either world so like that is just like one of the like bigger like lessons that's that's one of the lessons that debate teaches you basically like you need to make sure that you understand what you're saying so that you're able to defend it to your greatest extent. And now we're going to talk about some current news uh, in relation to the government shutdown that's happening right now. Yeah, kind of like a big jump in tradition of topics, but it is one of the biggest things that you're seeing as soon as you turn on the TV these days. We are now tied for having the longest government shutdown in the history of the United States at 21 days. So by tomorrow, we'll have, we would have break an American record, so not necessarily yeah. a great thing. <laughs> Essentially, a little background on why it's all happening is um, Donald Trump is <laughs> he is um, not happy with the newest um, security bill that's going on right now, and he recently called a national security like a national crisis. Like what was it yesterday night or the night before? Two nights ago, yeah. Two nights ago saying that um, the Democrats aren't giving him uh, the needed security for the southern border, uh, which in his plan includes a wall, a steel wall. He's very uh, adamant about it being steel. (laughs) He has (laughs) very important. (laughs) But no, he like has claimed um, that he won't not let go of the He won't let the government like open up again until the wall is included in like his infrastructure plan when it comes to national security. Mm. So like he is very eminent about this. And Joma and I were talking on the way over here. Like the, one of the main reasons as to why like she wanted to talk about this was like, I think you said like 
at what point are your morals going to start hurting people, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, people are being affected by this government shutdown or as like, well. at what point do you become so stubborn that, like, right. you don't even think about other people and you're just like, no, I need to get my point across. I need to, you know, have my Three-year-old monument. behavior. Yeah, like, it's absolutely terrible. So today, oh, my goodness, it was either today or tomorrow. But tomorrow? These, no, day, today or yesterday <laughs> when uh, employees of the government were supposed to get their check, their first check of the month. And they didn't get it That's today, because, yeah. yeah, because of the government shutdown. And I was also watching the news and the FDA being a part of the United States government. Um, like they do clinical trials um, for like experimental cures for um, for diseases that haven't been cured yet. And a lot of people's trials have stopped because the FDA isn't working right now. Like there was someone who said that she called in for her, like her three-year-old son and the FDA's went to FDA's voicemail and said, sorry, we aren't in, like we aren't working right now. Um, Please call back later. Like that's life or death for people. It's actually ridiculous. Like he does, I don't think he realizes the consequences of like his actions. Like, or maybe he does. (laughs) No, I think he does. I I just don't think he cares. it's really interesting because the other side of the argument is like the Democrats just need to put the wall on the bill and nah, 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 nah. we don't want 2.7 billion we want five billion like build our bill and it's Democrats they're the ones that are prolonging this right but when you again kind of what we were talking about before he like really said, read the bill right the Democrat bill and the bill that the Republicans also agreed on, just didn't have the wall in it. Everything else he was talking about, based on national security, was in the bill. Like, um, increased censors for drugs, more people staffed. Like, all these things he talked about in his address. In December, the bill that they were were talking about or, like, debating about initially was bipartisan. There Mm -hmm. was a lot of bipartisanship within that bill. Yeah. Trump even said himself, like, I will take the blame for this government shutdown. But she is now, like, projecting onto the Democrats as their fault for not having bipartisanship to the new bill with the wall. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that's actually ridiculous. It's also just, like, the wall itself, the reason why Democrats aren't, like, well, I think this is one a big reason why Democrats aren't, like, um, going to budge is that it's inhumane. Like, there is no reason to put a steel wall across the southern border. Like, that, that doesn't increase security. It actually, like... It, drives up our federal debt it literally doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. like he and this is why i think it's very interesting to assess who is in the oval office (laughs) he just wants to put his name on something he wants to build another trump trump building this time just in the shape of a wall and that is scary that he is willing to shut down the entire government just so he can have his a new monument can't he build like a dam or something and have it like named after him Bro, like the hoover dam or something like make like a museum or something <laughs> like make a bridge make, make a bridge make bridges not walls real wow quick. make a bridge <laughs> make it easier <laughs> make it easier in fact thank you he said yes. we love legal immigration all right make it easier for them also, the thing is, too, is his address was so frustrating. Oh he So he basically threw in, like, when people say that it's, the like, people not agreeing with each other that's causing, causing divisiveness, no. Uh, Trump, he literally said in his address, 
um, African Americans should be very happy that I'm doing this because <laughs> it's the Mexicans that are bringing over the drugs that your people are using. Pin us against each other, I guess. Yeah, so he's just trying to create this huge divide. I mean, it's not going to work. I mean, I don't think it would work. Hopefully not. Um, but, <laughs> like, I think only his supporters actually, like, agreed with that, like, national message. It no. was so bad. I was watching it with my boyfriend, and, like, when it ended, he was like, wait, that's it? Like, it was, like, ten minutes long. Like, it wasn't even, like, everything he said was wrong. <laughs> it was actually, like, insane to sit down and listen to that. Like, after that, I posted, like, a picture of, like, me watching the his address on Snapchat, right? And someone was like, oh, like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, we need bipartisanship, not this. Like, you shouldn't be, like, upset about the, ad- the address. And it was, like, very, like, fascinating how much people, like, didn't know about, like, what has already been done, what bipartisanship has already happened, um, you know, prior to, these, prior to this address actually happening. So, like, it, it really amazes me that people really think that, like, there is a right and wrong side to it, like, there isn't a wrong, a right to wrong side about this. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really understand what a wall would do, though. Because I don't really see how it would make anything safer. Oh, actually, the worst part, I think, about this address is he gave, like, three or four reasons, like, no, three or four examples of um, what he calls illegal immigrants um, hurting Americans in this country. Oh. And I think it was very interesting how after... Like, CNN did a fact check and was like, no, uh, legal citizens, Americans, actually, like, people born in America commit much more crimes than people who emigrate here. It only makes sense. Like, why would, if people who immigrated here committed crimes, they would be found out and deported, which is the complete opposite of what they would want. So why would they make those decisions well i mean he like he he reads three things like three examples you know like really heartfelt and like no one is saying that these things are not bad like that the the crimes that were committed are absolutely horrendous right. but it is very um dangerous to say these things and act like it is an epidemic like it's very like right. just creating fear in people's minds like oh my god like is someone who's you you're know, demonizing people yeah it's not okay you're demonizing the entire group of people when time and time again news outlets and journalists keep saying that the majority of people who are trying to get into this country are families with children and they just need to get somewhere safer no like, like one of his arguments against that was saying how like the biggest victims of this entire thing and the reason why we should have the wall is because it will protect the women and children who are trying to migrate here because the people who like come in are like coyotes who like come use them as like uh, bait to allow immigration to be like less strict so they can pass oh, their drugs yeah, by more yeah, easily yeah. when like more drugs come by through legal ports of entry oh no it was 90 percent <laughs> actually yeah. they fact checked it and they said that 90 percent of the drugs that are being trafficked through um, borders come in legally, <laughs> so I think you know you just you guys just need a better scanning system. You don't need a wall. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, the you're this, putting the money in the wrong place. They're always doing that because like, it's a racist agenda. Like there is no like it doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. <laughs> you want to put more of this there, but what does line up? is that you demonize a group of people and you're afraid of a demographic of people and so you're using this power that you shouldn't have 
to carry out your racist agenda, which is so irresponsible. And like, also, what do you gain from this? <laughs> I don't like, know. What do you want? I don't know. What I do know, though, is that now you're also hurting Americans because now there are Americans with families that are going without a paycheck. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, there was this analogy he used. Not analogy, a metaphor. In his address, when he was like... He, was, <laughs> he used rich people's, like, oh. fences as a he said, metaphor. He, he was like... Wealthy people put uh Brit like uh no it's white picket fences around their houses and you guys don't get mad. No, it was he said he literally said verbatim like the reason why rich people houses have fences around them isn't because they hate the people on the outside, but because they love the people in the inside. And I sat there and I was like do you have you met like do you interact with other rich people Trump? Like I don't understand like No, it's not even do you interact with other rich people. It's just like first of all, why you have to be rich to have a fence? Also Second, like, what does that... So, it's, people literally have fences to keep people outside. Like, <laughs> that is the entire purpose of a fence. People don't have guard dogs to keep people out. People have guard dogs to keep love, people in. <laughs> like, what, tell me how that makes any sense to your agenda. Like, like that analogy, yo, I forgot that he even said you that. You can't say a false metaphor and expect people to swallow it easily. Like, the main purpose why people have fences is to keep people... Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, is the fence around the White House there to not keep people out? I mean, apparently it is, so I'm going to go roll up to the White House. That's crazy. Like I'm ready for dinner. That's like, crazy. If it's not meant, if it's not there because you hate me, let me in. Like, I don't know. This guy is just, it's so just, it's scary, but it's also, like, mind-boggling. Does, like, is he, is he serious? <laughs> is Where he serious? are the cameras? <laughs> Like, is this a joke? This is this is a prank. Where are the office cameras? You know? Yeah, like, you can just, like, what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> wow, he's something. It just seems like an entire, like, what's it called? Like, it's, like, it's not real. It looks like a comedy show, like a sitcom. That's what it is, like a sitcom. Like, nothing, none of it makes sense. It's all just, like, like fake, like, propaganda that he's spewing out of his mouth. So you can have him some sort of, like, leniency to actually have like his bill is passed and it's it's ridiculous like at one point at what point are we gonna like take a moment and like actually have bipartisanship when it comes to like all of us like hey none of this is real <laughs> like i'm just waiting like i just think there cannot be republicans like not all of them can agree with this no definitely not and i think it's so irresponsible that i know that there are certain republicans who are you know in Congress and Senate that do not agree with what their administration is doing, but they don't say anything. That is so irresponsible because Why people so will listen to Republicans. Yeah. Like the the base that supports Trump so much would listen more to you than they ever will to a Democrat. Like yeah. use your power. Democrats can keep talking. People will still not listen. Like it's just super important. And this is yeah, I just think that Using your platforms to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen <laughs> is so important. <sighs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to First Gen. Um, we're going to talk about freedom of speech 
and choosing your own battles. All right. Yeah, I'm Chino. Hi. Joma wants to give background on this certain topic, so go ahead. <laughs> okay, so essentially what happened um, is that there was a Prager University video. Uh, if you don't know what Prager University is, don't look it up. But essentially... Or do. Oh, yeah, or do. Actually, no, look it up. Make your own decisions. But um, they are a very conservative, right-wing media outlet, and they specialize in right-wing conservative media. <laughs> Essentially, there was a video that they posted of a white male who dressed up in a Party City Native American costume uh, and went out onto a campus in California and um, <laughs> he gave out sweet potato pie. Uh, his intention was to get people mad at him for going out and wearing the costume. He wanted a reaction. He wanted a reaction. And when he got one, he then said that he is just abiding by his freedom of speech and that he will always protect the First Amendment and that no one will ever take it away from him, ever. <laughs> the entire scenario of that is just so ridiculous to me why because like you are given you are a part of this country and you are given the right to do and say whatever you desire and you use it to be hateful yeah like that's embarrassing how nice must it be to live in a country where you can do whatever you want but instead of doing it for the greater good you harm people like, mm -hmm. that is just so irresponsible and three-year-old behavior. I watched, like, I watched the video, and it just made me really upset because, like, I'm so thankful that we live in a country that has freedom of speech. And, you know, on a level, I'm, I'm very thankful that he had the right to go out there and, you know, <laughs> just harass people and just, you know. I'm thankful for that in the way that, like, if I had something I thought was important, like, I could go do that. But there's a really big difference because the only reason he went out to do that was to hurt people and to bring up things from a terrible past and make people angry. Like, the good thing about freedom of speech is that it gives you the right to also be a good person. Like, no one's making you go out and do things that you know will aggravate people. So why are you doing them? <laughs> it was really just all malicious intent. Like, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, why would you choose to do something so malicious with such an evil intent to make people, to disrupt people's day and make their lives just so much more sadder than they were initially? Like, I think, oh, oh I guess I forgot to give some background. A Native um, class was in session, and it was just for Native peoples. And they saw what he was doing and came out to address him. Uh, like when he was giving out the sweet potato pie. Put him so in that's also important, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my first reaction to the video was like, so you couldn't just go out and give sweet potato pie to people? Yeah, like, if you really wanted to be nice and use your freedom of speech and your freedom to do whatever you want on campus for good, you wouldn't have, you would have skipped the costume. You would have just gave out sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would just get, because it was around like Thanksgiving time and he was saying how like, 
I can wear whatever I want during Thanksgiving. And so the Native class came out and was like, do you even understand the history of Thanksgiving? Like, they were oh. celebrating colonization. Right. They were not celebrating. Like, it's not this picture they paint to you in second grade of, like, everyone, the Natives and, you know, the colonizers holding, holding hands. Holding hands. No, that's not, that's not what was being like, celebrated. Let's put the problematic history of celebrating Thanksgiving aside, this man was also adding on top of that layer of, prob- of being problematic, just cultural appropriation. Like, he was mocking their culture. Yeah. Like, there there was already something wrong with Thanksgiving, like, trying to, like, p- celebrate that in front of a group of Native people. He mm-hmm. just had to go the extra mile to aggravate them even more. The video gets even worse. They then do a little bit of... <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> they did a little bit of race baiting, and they, his friend, dressed up as a pilgrim and was black. And so ah. what their, like, argument was is, like, no, like, see, my friend here, he's black, and he's unbothered, and he's Prager, like a you does that so much. They're number one. They do that so much. Like, I don't, like, they, when it comes to, like, Latino issues, like, they will get, like, a Latino to be, like, on their video to talk about, like, oh, like, oh, the majority of Latinos are drug dealers, just, like, make their audience believe it even because more. Because, unfortunately, like, their it audience... insane. The numbers just prove it. The majority of people who watch Prager University are white. And if a black man stands up and says that there's no racism, they are 30 times more likely to believe it. Right. And Prager University knows that. So what do they do? One, they go out and tokenize people and make sure to find conservative people of color and then use that to their own advantage to get their own agenda across. Right. It is actually insane. Like, like, and people believe it. That is, like, the crazier thing. Like, just because you have a Latino or a black person talking about an issue that goes against their own communities, it's like, wh- like, are you serious? Like, you, you believe that it's justified because of that? If anything, like, One person. Yeah, from one person. You believe one person talks for the whole, speaks for the whole community, which is just, like, it is the, the toxicity of saying, like, oh, I have a black friend. Oh, I have a, Lat- I have a Muslim friend. Like, wh- and then stop what? tokenizing yeah. people. Like, yeah. What? yeah, sure, you have that friend, and is your friend a good person? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, that video, it just brought up so many things to me, too, like, it also kind of put, it really made me question too about kind of what we were talking about earlier, like choosing our battles. Like there are these organizations like Prager University where agitation of people through trauma or um, triggering them, triggering them yeah. is how they get their views because mm-hmm. they like to demonize people. They like to make people look aggressive, make them look like they don't know what they're talking about. And so, and they do this because they want to get a video. And so on one level, I completely, well, I don't understand the um, how much it hurt to probably see that, but I can sympathize with it. And I'm like, wow, like that is so terrible that someone would go out and do that. But then on the other hand, I was like, I kind of wish they hadn't gone outside. And I know that's like such a, like a hard thing to say, but I wish this guy didn't get a video because now he's over here chuckling because now he has his narrative that he wants to portray these people as violent and aggressive when they're not. And it's just like, when do we talk to people 
and when do we identify that they were never there to change, have their mind changed? Right. They're they're not there to talk, to have a conversation. Yep. They're not there to, to talk. Exchange ideas in any positive way. Mm-hmm. They are there for one sole purpose, and it's to aggravate you so that their audience on their channel gets a laugh out of it, gets a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. I think I really had to work with this a lot too. Like just even going to a suburban school, being like the only kid of color in all of my classes. And I would just hear all these things, and I'm like, at first, I would go off on everybody. I'd be like, are you serious? You're saying this, this, this? And then I kind of, you know, as I got older, I'm like, this isn't helping me get anywhere. Like, this energy that I'm talking about, I could use to be organizing. This energy that I'm talking about, I could be using to better the community of students of color at my suburban school. Like, me telling someone whose mind is set on being offensive or rude or racist or ignorant is literally not going to change their mind. So why must I put my energy into that ne- kind of negativity? And the emotions are like 110% valid. Like Yes. Like, you have every right to feel aggravated and upset and mad and irritated about the situation that you are being put in and you, you are forced to be complacent with. But, like, in the end, like, you need to realize that, like, you going off on them is only promoting the stereotype of what you are. And it's so hard and it takes so much strength to, like, not do anything to, in, like, a personal Because they situation. get the privilege to do that. And it's just so sad. It, it's so sad that you can't do anything or else you would be perceived as what they already perceive you as. Their beliefs are already, like... A, like Pretty set. Yeah. And it only, like confirms those beliefs and it's it's really not fair yeah like i think the biggest thing is like when like a really popular (coughs) a really popular thing in like pop culture recently was the guy sitting down at a table at a university saying uh change my mind like there's only two genders change my mind that became such a meme yeah but the thing is people sat down and they poured their energy into changing a guy's mind who had a video camera set up, knowing he was not going to change his mind. Like, he was literally just there to get (laughs) a reaction. And it's those kinds of things that we really shouldn't put our energy into. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for listening. This has been First Gen. Uh, I'm Chino. And I'm Ijoma. And now we're going to go with a song. Want to support more programming like this? Rate, subscribe, and review our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Then go to www.listenupyouthradio.org and click donate. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Listen Up Youth Radio. Tell your friends. This episode was edited by Ari Shapiro. Thank you for listening.